Shut up and sit down. Who's going to say something first? I did. Congratulations, Wasn't me. Jess. Not a single interruption during our intro. It's awesome. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, it hi. must be the ag- magic of episode 29. It is. And it's the new Utah podcast. What? And that may be the fastest we've ever fucking introduced the show. Well, something Well, good job, Jeremy. Totally fucked that one up. I'll try harder next time to derail us. Way to be a co-host. Uh, <laughs> Way to do your job, Jeremy. Well, one out of 29 episodes. I try. Gotta get it right at some point. 29, that's that's quite a few episodes. It's uh, awesome. It's not a year yet. That's going to be months down the line, but uh, I'm loving the show. But lots of really cool things planned for the new year. We do. We do. We have a, a fantastic interview today, actually, with the uh, uh, two of the co-hosts of Geek Therapist, uh, Aaron and Katie Burton. Um, it was a fabulous interview. A it's a little of, serious, but really interesting. Yeah, interesting stuff, good stuff. Um, and I'll just start us on a, a serious note. Um, Your name is Chris. Well... <laughs> Seriously. It is the holidays. Uh, the holidays bring with it uh, depression and thoughts of suicide. And, uh, you know, if you are feeling down, uh, if you need help, you can always call 1-800-273-8255, uh, which is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And someone there will take your call and let you know they care and help you find like some help. Like a bridge over troubled water. Yeah. Uh, you're not alone. So, um, that's enough seriousness for now. Oh, I'm sure yeah, now serious. we're all like... So, I, I got to tell you. So, we're making <laughs> treats for everyone. You guys included. I ruined the fucking Christmas present. Oh, well. Me too. Um, but I ruined the fudge today. I was <laughs> trying a recipe I've never tried before. Old-fashioned fudge. And you ruined our spoons and my favorite fucking spatula. One spoon. Oh. And what like, I liked is when we came in... These two are like, this is horrible. Try it. <laughs> I didn't say try it. <laughs> and it wasn't horrible tasting. It the texture taste is just bad. weird. So I'm, I'm trying to make fudge that is not the, you know, sweetened condensed milk, marshmallow cream style fudge. Uh, I want to make old fashioned fudge, you know, like grandma made in like the 40s before they had that shit. I think if you're making it like grandma made, you need some rum. I know that's how my grandma made everything. Well, that's because your grandma was Catholic. She, a cool she grandma. was. <laughs> <laughs> At least one of them was anyway. Um, so, so anyway, I, I try to make it. I, I, I found a recipe. Um, and when you make fudge like that, uh, temperatures are very, very critical. Um, so you want to get it to basically the softball stage. Um, I've got a nice new candy thermometer that we bought just for all this candy making. Cause 220 my old degrees. One, what? It's about 220 degrees. Two, yeah, for Utah, 220 to you know, two thirty four is really where you want it to be. Two thirty four. That's very specific. It is. High altitude. It's very altitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Altitude. Um, so anyway, I got oh, it the right temperature. Are. The problem came. I thought that I was think, on the cooling stage. So the recipe that I was looking at said you really have to cool it to one hundred and ten degrees before you stir it. 
And I thought that was a little weird. I'm thinking it meant 110 degrees Celsius. Where did uh, you get this recipe? And they crossed them. Was it, was, it in grams? Because if it was in no, grams. No. Then. <laughs> no, it was, well, it was an Alton Brown recipe. But I think. Well, he comes from Atlanta, Georgia, which is a much lower altitude. Well, it, that's easy to adjust. You just boil water and find out the temperature it's boiling at and subtract. It's, that's not a hard thing to adjust, actually. Um, but the problem is, and it's about two degrees per thousand feet of altitude, roughly. Um, but the problem is, I think the one was in Celsius, the other was in Fahrenheit in the recipe. And so anyway, it came out as a crystallized pile of dog shit, basically. <laughs> it's not. It tastes fine. It just it has the texture of brown sugar. So you put it in your mouth and it tastes like fudge, but it feels like brown sugar. It's all grainy. Yeah, instead of getting all smooth, it's all grainy. So that's going to get thrown away. And the thing is, I let it cool down so much that to get it to a point where I could stir it again, I'm putting in, we have a nice melamine spoon that I love to use, and it snapped in half. Like the, the oh. actual spoon part snapped in half on the stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't think this is And it's our favorite spoon. This is right. We like have like 50 spoons in our drawer. And get that one out of the dishwasher and wash it just to use it. Yeah. Because it's, it's a great spoon. We just need to get more of them, I think. So anyway, that's my my pissed off story from today. Um, my pissed off so story. I have a pissed off story from today. None of the other people in my accident have turned in their damn claims. So my car is just still sitting well, there with a fucking dent in its door. Turned in their claims to the right insurance yes. company. So that sucks. Okay. My rant for the day. The high tomorrow, 50 degrees. The high on Saturday, 23. What the fuck? I know. Have you, uh, how are your bees? Have you been able to check on them at all? I haven't even wanted to open it up just yeah, because. You. You're afraid. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it, Jeremy. My fingers are crossed until spring for you. Thank you. Because uh, they're definitely not coming out again. I love Yeah, bees. I can't cross my fingers very well. Stop making fun of me. <laughs> I can just show you one straight finger that's Look, not crossed. Look, I can crossed. show you a straight finger that's crossed. Yeah, let's do that later after these guys leave. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so you, no, I mean, I it, obviously this is the fifth or sixth year I've done bees, so they've had funky weather like this before. But I have lost colonies over the winter before yeah, as well. Say, so this this is the this was the second year for this colony, mm -hmm. right? So if so. this one survives into year three, this will be my longest single surviving colony. When this one, survives. so when this one survives, it'll be my longest surviving colony. And these yeah, guys, they made a lot of honey this year. It's been my biggest honey year ever. Even when I had two hives. About three and a half, four years ago, I had two hives. This one hive has still produced more than two hives together. Yeah, that's pretty wow. impressive. Uh, so, yeah, it's the holidays. Uh, we're going to talk about 12 days of Christmas at some point. And uh, we'll talk about some other shit going on. Um, lots of stuff going on. Lots of lights. Oh, mistress of events, please enlighten us. I tried to keep it to a minimum this week because I knew we had some really crazy news to talk about and our great interview. So. Yeah. It was a great interview. Yeah. So this weekend is the uh, winter market down at the Rio Grande. Uh, I feel like we just talked about it, but there wasn't one last week. So, um, Well, what did they have last week? Nothing. The, the, the indoor farmer's market? That's different? That's every other weekend. Oh, okay. So that's this weekend. Gotcha. Um, the Salt and Honey Festival was last weekend, right? And I think it's, it's this is going, last think, weekend. Yeah. yeah, down at the Gateway. Um, the urban flea market is at the fairgrounds doing a swap and flea market is $2 to get in. Kids are free. Uh, another 
awesome thing that you can go to this weekend is the Trolley Square Market, which is Friday and Saturday. Have you ever been to that Urban Flea Market now that you passed it quickly? Which one? Say something. The big one? The the Urban Flea Market. Yeah, I've heard that flea market this On like summer. 35th and Redwood? Yeah. It's a completely different one. That's the swap meet. Oh, that's this the is this meet. is the urban flea market that does the event once a month. Downtown. I've been to the swap meet. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, have you not just the swap meet that's at the drive-in, but the indoor swap meet? I've been to the have, drive-in one, not the indoor. Or one. the old uh, was that a food for less? Oh yeah, no, it's across the street from the f- old food for less. No, so the food for less was there originally, and um. then it moved across the street. And now they've taken over that first Food for Less building, and Food for Less is now gone. It's, yeah, it's by uh, Burton. Is it Burton Lumber that's right there? I don't know. Chris and Dick's or yeah, what? Chris, Chris and Dick's. That's is what right it is. There. It's Chris and Dick's. Uh, man, that place is sketchy, but the food is so good in their little cafeteria area. I love the thrift stores. Taco Tuck. Taco truck tacos inside. Jeremy is the king of thrift stores. <laughs> <laughs> so our kids, uh, when Cassie was younger, what, eighth grade? They go to the indoor flea market or the indoor swap meet, and... Uh, they bought uh, contacts, the like different oh, the, eye contacts, the, the colored contacts, you yeah. know, from a very reputable uh, establishment. And the, I'm sure the irony like is bucks. the friend that she bought these said contacts with works for the Moran Eye Center. Her mom does, yeah. And so they came in with these things, and her mom just flipped out and took them back to the flea market. And how dare you sell these to they these children? Eye. No, they were fine. I think her friend did Gabby. I feel like Gabby. Something happened with Gabby, but nothing. Well, you're probably not going to get pink eye if they're sealed, but they're not. I mean, look, they're much better than they used to be. Um, But you know, this was like seven, eight years ago. Not even seven, eight years ago. Maybe like five. Um, But (laughs) don't ask me to do. I just. You know, if you're paying five bucks for a pair of contacts, <laughs> you probably shouldn't put them in your probably eyes. Probably going to go blind <laughs> if you don't get the pink eyes. Yeah, that's like paying 20 bucks for a tattoo. Mm, good luck. Regerts. <laughs> With a razor blade and a big pen. <laughs> good old prison tats. <laughs> Jess is looking at us like, can I just finish one yeah, time? Get no, through the events? No, no, I got to interrupt you at I'm least good. once every week. Go ahead. No, I'm done now. You can tell us about more things happening. Like the trolley square market? Uh, yeah, you already said that. Yeah, but I yeah, didn't but get to tell you about she it. She said trolley finish. square market, and then you said, well, hey, flea market, blah, 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 well, blah. Well, I know bussing for Santa is, is coming. Can I talk about the trolley market? Mm, yeah, Shut sure. up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> because our friend Emily is there with Indulge Eats, mm. and so is I need to go get a, some marshmallows. the awesome beard people, Oleo, and they're... Amazing oils and coffee scrub and tattoo oils. All right. Not, not essential oils. That's and different. Amy's home cooking. All right. And a bunch of locals. No, 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 no. You I don't listen to me. I don't. I no, no, no. I don't want to bag. Here's the thing. No. Because Christmas is in 12 days and we need to support locals. So go to this market. We do. People. And if you're a fucking asswipe hipster that thinks you need beard oil because you don't know how to fucking use your beard. Use your beard? Yeah, well, I guess insane. I better take your Christmas present back so, then. <laughs> oh. Beard oil. Beard oil is bad for your beard. It's not bad for your beard. It is bad Mark for uses your skin. stuff on his, and his is super soft. Yeah. His is luxurious. His is. His is like long flowing locks. It's the problem is it's like if you put oil in anything, it gets used to it and it requires it, and your skin starts to dry out and flake, and you get beard dandruff. His doesn't. Well, we'll just have to have Derek on to talk about it. I would love to. I would we love will. to. to I think that's plan. That. 
So I'm I'm just saying, as a man with a beard before beards were a thing. As a man who combs his hair with his hands, you sure. just like low maintenance. I do comb my beard with my fingers, too. I have a brush, though. I actually have a boar's hair brush for my beard, so. <laughs> they have beard ornaments. Maybe I should get that for you instead. <laughs> I've seen when the I Christmas t- lights. I would, t- I would totally fucking wear them. He, to- he would. I've he seen the Christmas them. lights that go in your beard. He would wear Done. ornaments. Yeah. Done. Anyway, bro ornaments okay. is that what they call them? So, I've thought about going as the brawny man for Halloween. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. So you brought up um, Bussin' for Santa uh, with our friends at the Utah Transporter mm-hmm. Association. Um, the family that they had picked out, uh, the mother was terminal, and unfortunately she passed away oh. um, a couple days ago. And the family has requested uh, not to be bothered. And so they have a new family. Uh, that they'll be going to, uh, you can go to the Utah Transport Association page on Facebook, and they do have a list of items that they're still looking for to fill those VWs up with. Um, you can drop them off at Volkswagen Southtown if you want to. Do they just go to one family, or is there? Yeah, just one, one family. Bit. Yep. Uh, also, saying that same light, um, go get some fucking socks and donate them at any of the VW Southtown too. We're doing a sock drive anywhere. Great. Yeah, anywhere. Get some socks. Go to the road home. Go to any of the pretty much any car. Buy a package and just start throwing them at dealerships because all of them are collecting stuff and everybody needs them. And I I work with someone whose whose son was homeless for a long time. He was addicted to drugs and. Um, I've heard this, you know, secondhand from many, many people. Oh, socks, oh, socks. But she said that that was one of the things that he said was the most helpful thing to have was socks. socks. I know you can do it anywhere, donate anywhere, but VW Southtown, we're doing it. Uh, that's match pair for pair. So, <gasps> so there, so oh, that's see. the place to take you your get socks. The that's most, right. Take you get your the socks out of it. The most bang for your sock. Uh, yeah, so sock it to them. And socks are, are cheap, guys. If you have a cold a, feet in the winter, if you got a wholesale club membership, just go fucking buy a pack of socks Costco. from there. If you go to Walmart and you're grabbing shit for your holiday party, you or get ten pair for like five app. bucks. Yeah, I mean they don't have to be freaking designer socks. Socks are even cheap at H and M. Yeah, or That's true. Or you know, go to the DI. The DI has brand new socks because they can't. You can't really sell used socks at a thrift store and they make decent socks they're dirt cheap go buy a couple bags of the di yeah and then take them to Southtown because then they'll donate another and you can say hi to jess and then no she works in the corner they're like a guard dog they don't let anyone talk to her nobody left nobody don't look behind the curtain you know that room that the salespeople always go to to talk to their manager yeah i'm doing air quotes that you guys can't see they go back there hey jess how's it going yeah they just not even close to that they hit on they hit on jess for like five minutes but it takes them 20 minutes to get there so you think that they've been actually in a tough negotiation the whole time I wish that was the case, but everything is glass offices downstairs, and I'm upstairs in a corner, mostly by myself. But you have a nice view of the freeway. Nope. Not anymore? No, I'm in a different room. No, I have have no view. I have a window to my back that actually goes to the ochre, so it's not too bad, but I don't ever open my window, so, yeah. Bah humbug. I know. So another event this weekend. (laughs) Da-da-da, drag brunch. Oh, yeah. doing a little different this weekend. They're going to try some table service. Ooh. Uh, I know. Wow. So you actually have to ticket like to come and get an omelet. Actual waiters and... Two cute... Yep. Oh, two boy. little waiters that two. are awesome Can helpers. I predict your omelet station's going to have issues because people aren't going to write down 
what they want. No, you are, in order to get to the omelet station, you actually have a ticket and come up to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so it'll be like last month. So you where still get to see Jess, hopefully. So if you don't crazy. go to Southtown to see Jess, go get an omelet and see Jess. And if you go if you go to Southtown, just ask for Jess. VW Southtown. They'll go get her. They'll go get her. Just go to any. They'll be like, fact, "Why are these no, no, people no. asking for Jess?" Don't go to VW Southtown. Just go to any dealership in the auto, the Southtown Auto Mall, <laughs> and ask for Jess. And, and start ask for asking Jess. for Jess. Say, so, yeah, "I'm here to see Jess." I've got these socks. Jess, Jess wanted me to bring these socks to her here. <laughs> just like see what, what happens. But then really bring them over to VW. Yeah. Yes, but then really take them over there because. And if, if you want to buy a new Volkswagen, it is the season of buying shit. Maybe uh, they'll even give you a big bow. Yeah. We do have some big bows. I, I always like wanted bows a car with a big line. bow on it. We should have got your, your <laughs> one on your car. <laughs> I know, because I bought it at Christmas time. You are the brother's candy now. It's a big fucking band-aid now. When a bow walks That's in. That's sad. I'm going to buy you a big band-aid for Christmas. <laughs> <your car>. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably about the only way it's going to get fixed oh, at this that's point. So sad. I know. It's so a little magnet band-aid. I bet they have those. Oh, they, they do. do. I've seen them. I've seen them. So I have one more cool event, you guys. Okay. Our be friends really cool. at uh, Mountain West Cider have a new release this Saturday. Oh, they have teamed up with the Green Urban Lunchbox. If you haven't seen it, it's a huge bus. That is a greenhouse on the inside. It's so it's amazing. Weird looking though. It is, and it's it's really hot in the summer. And whoever drives it is terrible. Are I've they? gotten behind it before. It's so that's a PSA. <laughs> Be a better driver, please, or yes. hire better drivers. Anyways, they have teamed up for a limited release um, on Saturday. They're using local apples uh, that the. Um, the Green Urban Lunchbox has donated, and uh, they're having an event at the Cidery. Nice. Um, yeah, it's totally they, awesome. And they, it's only in 750 milliliter bottles. What's it called? To the, are they giving it a name? I don't know. I don't know. It's some event with cider. It's going to be delicious. I mean, the cider they're making, is it a special one just for the event? Yeah, it's a limited. Mm. Christmas cider? No, it's... The cider from the Green Urban Lunchbox. So the I have sat, a, the apples. Uh, I have a suggestion. Um, Porter's apple. Make a hot toddy with it. It was released last Friday, by the way. It is only available Ogden's own up on Grant and it is, Avenue. It is really good. Um, it is very apple. Like I could sm- as soon as I opened it, I could smell the apple. Um, it's really, really good. It mixes very well. It uh, is it is a liqueur, so be aware. It's sweet. Yeah, it's very but sweet. It, mixing it with something is really good. What did you guys mix it with? Uh, hard ginger ale and some lime. Sort of a Moscow mule, but with apple whiskey. And it was really good. It was quite an enjoyable drink. And I would say this, uh, like I said, hot toddy. I'm going to make some hot toddies next week. Do it. With that. Do it. You can eat tasty food and you can drink hot toddies. Yeah. Pre-Christmas. Any other events? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> well, no. Uh, there's been a lot of shit going on in Utah. No doubt about that. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff. Um, so one of the one of the things that uh, we've talked about before, um, Vid Angel. <laughs> so. Utah, in its awesomeness, uh, <laughs> has companies that have popped up. Um, that uh, so back in the late nineties, early two thousands, there was Clean Flakes. Clean Flakes. 
So Clean Flicks used to take people's movies, uh, cut them up. This is in, in VHS and then into DVDs, really. Uh, take their movies, uh, cut them up and edit them for them. Cut out the naughty bits. And uh, give them back. Not off, out. Yeah, out. Cut off. Not off. Cut really. out the naughty yeah. bits. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's everything from language to sexual content to graphic violence. Um, and that business was shut down. But you know, somebody's got to watch the dirty parts to make that happen. Yeah. Oh, I never thought of that. So Someone's <gasps> sacrificing their soul. It was shut their down. Soul. <laughs> because Hollywood said, you are infringing on our copyright by doing that. And Judge Good for, agreed. Good for Hollywood. Yeah, because it's a piece of art and you were defiling it. You are pissing all over it by cutting it up however you fucking want. And can't they go back and say, plus you're making money off of it? Uh, yeah, and that's part of that was part of the thing. So, I, I mean, if it's, if it's your own private movie and you've got nothing and else you to do, do and yourself. you take the time to cut it all up and edit it for yourself. Well, well and CleanFlix was renting those videos. Yeah, that's my point. They were making money off of it after the fact. Yeah, so VidAngel has tried to do the same thing. Well, they're they're letting people sell them back to them. Yeah, so, so it's it, it's a rendered. but it's a streaming it's a streaming service, right? Right. So essentially, the way it worked was, and we, we, again, we've talked about this before, but you purchase a movie uh, from, and they clean it up, and you get to stream the edited version of said movie, and then you can sell it back to them, uh, which is bullshit. It's renting a video that they've fucked up and edited and made something else and a federal judge just blocked them from filtering movies anymore and i'm all for utah business i'm all for innovation but what these guys are doing is criminal and bullshit and they should absolutely be sued to oblivion by hollywood can i can i share with you so my local citizens page on facebook there's a gentleman who i'm not going to name that made a post today and i'm just going to read it verbatim okay Really, people? Who hasn't switched to VidAngel? VidAngel's awesome. If you haven't moved to them already, do it right now. <laughs> Stop paying for the inferior dollar service that actually costs more and also drive time. Switch to the instant and amazing dollar service that you get to choose what you see and hear right from your living room. I did and I'll never go back. Join me and move to the future of TV and movie watching. I'm proud of my freedom of choice. Stop choosing to let Hollywood fill your homes with damaging garbage we don't need to see or hear. Okay, so my, <laughs> my That's thought, real, and he just kept posting oh, things yeah. over and over and over after that in the same thread. My thought on this fucking idiot, that read that last part that he said again. I am proud of my freedom of choice. So your freedom of choice is to not fucking watch the movie. You don't have to watch Deadpool. It's a piece of art that Hollywood put out to make money. Granted. 11 years in the making, actually. Yeah, but it is a piece of artwork. And you having a service rip everything out. Now I don't. I'm using Deadpool. It's an outrageous example. I doubt that they could actually edit that movie for content. <laughs> you would have five. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> back when Clean Flicks, the the big one was Titanic. That was the big one that pushed them over the edge for Clean Flicks. Yeah, because they took out the couple of parts and what. But that was the big one because it was such a big movie, Draw such a big Jack. name. What? Draw me like your French ladies. Yeah, but so you don't. <laughs> but the the point is, by editing that movie. That is what pushed them over the edge for clean flicks. Yeah, and I think what's pushed, uh, you know, VidAngel over the edge is how much they've been fucking doing it. And their service is very, very, very much just copyright infringement and piracy as far as I'm concerned. And they're, I'm sorry, it's a piece of art. If you don't want to watch it the way it was created, 
you have the don't choice not it. to watch it. It's that simple. Don't watch it. If you want to choose to not see that shit in your house, don't. Don't fucking get Batman if you can't handle the violence. Don't get Deadpool if you can't handle pegging. It's it's that easy. But if you need somebody to tell you what to do and what to watch. Uh, go to church. Yeah. That's what they're there for. I don't know if that's what they're there for, but <laughs> that's certainly do it. That's uh, what they do, though. So along the lines of Utah businesses, um, there is a uh, a big thing that's just happened uh, in terms of fraud uh, for a coffee and donut. Huge. <laughs> this is another one coffee of those. Coffee and donuts. So a, a Utah, I think Utah original, right? Yes. Uh, spud nuts. Spud is, nut donuts. Yep. Spud nut donuts. So been, Logan. been around since the 40s. Um, and they created a potato flour recipe. Imagine that Logan right next to Idaho, famous <laughs> for potatoes, creates a potato flour recipe. And I'll, and I'll give you this potato flour donuts are freaking fantastic. I had an end of the day one. It was not. So uh, I suggest getting them early in the day. <laughs> Did you get one when you were up in the Bear Lakes? Mm-hmm. So these guys have been around for a long time. I mean, that's what, 80 years almost. And, uh, basically they got into agreement with some, some folks that used to do supposedly stuff for the LDS church in terms of purchasing equipment for their big giant kitchen for the welfare food they make, I guess, for lack of a better term. Well, this has it in quotes, so I don't know if they were really associated with quote unquote Sounds like they of Jesus Christ claimed of they were. Yeah, well, and that's, and that's, that's the whole thing. So these guys basically over the course of four years from, from 2012 to 2016, uh, managed to bilk these this this guy this spudnut guy out of the grand total was six hundred seventy five thousand dollars. Jesus, and so <laughs> look, it sucks. I feel horrible for these people that they totally got scammed, but it's not like it was a one time shot. Essentially, what was happening is these guys were claiming that they were selling uh, recipes, dough, coffee beans. Um, you know, all kinds of shit to other companies like MGM Grand. Um, what were some of the other ones they listed? Uh, well, the church, the LDS church. Yeah, well, the LDS. airport, Harmon's Grocery. Yeah, Harmon's yeah. Grocery, the airport. Walmart. Coming up with, with total bogus purchase orders and then just fucking spending the money. Um, and like it, literally on how, home improvement and stuff. Like not even <laughs> remotely business involved. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we're talking like, a 42,000 pound order of their coffee for MGM Grand, you know, for $268,000. And, you know, another one for another 168,000. Well, and then when and then when they researched it, MGM Grand confirmed it never placed an order for Spudnut coffee. Yeah, and they started looking at the the different I mean there were companies that didn't even exist. There were companies that existed that were like, "No, this has never happened." And I feel really bad for them, but come on. You've got to catch on to that shit before you're half a million plus in the hole. Listen, people are still answering emails from Nigeria. It's true. Yeah, but you know, if you send that king $1,000, you're going to get $5 million. Um, I know somebody that actually did that for like a lot. Like he legitimately uh-huh. thought that he was going to win the lottery and sent, I don't know, it was like $600 or oh, something yeah. like that. It says that they also claimed that they were in negotiations with the Salik Airport to open a spud nuts in the airport and the airport said uh no we never yeah. did that so my guess is these guys thought they were just doing killer and they're like selling the shit and, and like i helped those three go to prison for a very long time oh i do too well and they're they're charged with a whole bunch of shit 
communications fraud, wire fraud, and those are serious. Imagine the other companies that they've done it to also. I can't imagine it's it's just the state line. It can't just be the donut shop. No, yeah, and they're federal offenses. They're they're going to federal pound me in the butt prison. The butt prison. Can that be can that be today's episode? (laughs) (laughs) Federal (laughs) pound me in the ass prison. No, Uh, you said butt. I did say butt. Uh, I don't know why I, I checked myself there. I could have said they're fucking going to federal pound me in the butt prison, but. <laughs> He's got to censor something sometime. Uh, that's, that's yeah, just no, my, uh, that's no, my hit no. coming out. The pound me in the ass prison. That's uh, how we referred to it when I was growing up. As federal when we prison. was growing up in yep. Wyoming. In Wyoming or Texas, Texas. Whichever one. They're both the same shitty conservative redneck state, so. Uh, no, 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 they're, they're not. No, they're pretty fucking close. Trust me. Uh, they may be thousands of miles apart, and one may be really cold, but they're pretty much the same fucking state when it comes to the people. Uh, I do want to talk about another yeah, but local the stars business. Stars at night are big and bright in Texas. Deep in the heart of Texas. Don't forget, deep in the heart. I would clap, but we don't want to pick that up. They raise their fucking flag as high as the American flag. How about that? They're a whole different breed of animal. Yeah, down people there. talk about uh, California wanting to be their own country. Well, here's the thing, right? <laughs> People talk about California wanting to secede with like this crazy disdain. When it was brought up that Texas would do that a few years ago, everyone's, everyone's like, like yep, see ya, fucking good riddance, get the hell out. <laughs> like, it wasn't even the California, oh, but that's because California's economy, you know, they're like the, they'd be like the sixth largest economy in the world if they were their own country. That'd be cool. That's not then Arnold could be president. Uh, no. Uh, no. I think no. his political career is over. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, busy making video games. <clears throat> Some more news on Lamb's Grill, if you haven't heard. Good news um, for Lamb's Grill. Uh, good news for Lamb's Grill. Still some total bullshit, I think. But uh, So the fine, the Lamb's Grill fine that was $9,000, um, which really is threatening to put them out of business. Like They just couldn't pay it. The DABC did trim the fine down to 2500 um, it means that the restaurant is probably going to stay open, but they're going to struggle. Um, well, it's, it's, it did say they lost an estimated $40,000 in revenue for the over, two months. Oh, yeah, over two months. For the two well, months that they weren't able to sell. Yeah, and I mean, you got to remember, this time of year, it's all holiday parties. And they have big banquet rooms at, at Lambs. Well, weren't well, you saying a- when they announced that, that there were people who canceled their oh, yeah. Christmas yeah. parties. And you, if, you, if you're planning on a holiday party with alcohol and suddenly they can't serve alcohol and they, you can't even have alcohol at the party, uh, you find another place most of the time. Well, and if you think about it, so it's cost them 40000 in lost revenue. They had a $9,000 fine, but they've also got to, they have the, the expense of moving around, adjusting, oh, building, yeah, they, whatever. So... They're losing money and having to pay out more money all at the same time. Well, because now they're no longer grandfathered. They have to create right. their Zion curtain. So they have to expend that, that money. And they have that big, beautiful bar, that yeah. big, beautiful... So however much. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the bar is... They're like they putting... It looks like it they're anymore. putting it in some side room or something. Yeah, they have the like a little side room. the expense of doing now. that is in addition to the money that they've lost. So I kind of feel like that's an additional loss to them. Well, the, the bar at Lamb's Grill has been a staple for, what, 80 years? <laughs> we were losing your volumes there. Yeah, I couldn't hear you. I was talking really loud, I felt like. There you go. Yeah, you were talking really loud like this. Sorry. 
That's okay. That's what I'm here for when I uh, move your mic. Don't That's get why mad. he's the pod administrator. I just couldn't hear you, and I noticed your levels were low. So Do you need, you need you to go get levels. a drink at Lambs? That's okay. I wasn't saying anything important. Head to okay. Lambs, get a drink. You'll feel better. Uh, yeah, you can have one there. So, Paul, uh, we completely overlooked this story at the bottom of Paul Raleigh's column um, about the Rio Grande Cafe. Yeah, so they've been, Rio Grande's actually been in a lot of trouble. If you know anything about the area, the Rio Grande Cafe is right smack dab in the middle of homeless megaplex. Hordes. Hordes is the word that is used. Yeah, in the, in the article, hordes of homeless people. And, and really what happens is, so this restaurant's been around 35 years, I think, and, uh, you know, people come in and as they're leaving, they basically get assailed by homelessness. Well, homeless I people. guess, yeah, I guess, uh, the owner's son was actually, he was severely assaulted. Yeah, he assaulted was actually, trying yeah, he to was protect actually. people from being panhandled, and he was assaulted for it. Yeah, on the restaurant's patio. So they're out having lunch, having dinner, and people are coming up to them asking them for change while they're eating. Um, so um, it's kind of bouncing back, they said. Uh, Paul Raleigh said in his article here. But the, it's um, because that is a protected building. Yep. That is a state-owned building, and when they ask for protection... They got it. They got $250,000 worth of protection. So now you have to have special stuff to get in and out of the lot. They have armed guards up longer. Um, they have patrols. They've been doing sweeps of the area to try and keep the homeless population from assaulting yeah, people. I mean, they, they said that their average dining count went from about 12000 to 6000 a month. Just cut in half. Wham, like Just like that. So pretty brutal. You know, the interesting thing there is I, I suspect all those upgrades um, within the next couple of years will probably be uh, somewhat tossed around or tossed out. Um, not tossed out, I guess, but uh, not as much needed because some big news just came down. Um, just today. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't listen to the press release um, or the, the press conference that was held. Um but uh, there are going to be they're going to be closing the road home, but not for two years. So, Ish. The, yeah, the road home is our big homeless shelter. Um, Sixteen hundred, thirteen hundred beds. Beds uh, that the road home is able to get thirteen hundred people to sleep in each night, and this time of year they're full. They have to turn people yeah, away. They turn people down. Um. And they've been trying to figure something out because Pioneer Park is a homeless mecca. Um, that whole area, uh, for South, for the west side of Rio Grande is way worse than Pioneer Park. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, but you've got the Fourth Street Clinics there. The Fourth Street Clinic. You've got a a lot of vacant lots. You've got, um, you know, well, the, the St. Vincent de Paul Soup Kitchen is right there. Right there across the street. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of homeless people over there. Um, and, they want to develop the area, basically. People want to develop the area. And Salt Lake County is... it. Basically, it came down to this. The homeless shelter is going to move. It's an, inevitable, it's an inevitable conclusion, just like the prison was going to move. It's an inevitable conclusion. So you can either get on board and try and come up with a good solution or uh, not and just let it happen and be in a, in a worse situation. So the county has come up with... Uh, Jackie Biscupsi and the city council uh, of Salt Lake City, sorry, not the county, but the city, has come up with um, four sites that are going to be much smaller, uh, about 150 150 beds. 150 beds, so 600 total as opposed to the, was it 1,300 that you said? 1,300, yeah. So we're we're losing 700 beds, but 
there's some good news in that. The so part of, moving. Yeah. So part of the part of the reason that they are cutting it down to 150 beds a piece is they don't want it to be that same kind of situation in whatever neighborhood they stick it in. So you stick a 1,300 bed homeless shelter in any neighborhood, that neighborhood will get trashed. Home values decrease. You end up with, you know, 1,300 people going somewhere to sleep each night and leaving in the morning. You got lots it's of like problems. like a concert. Yeah. I mean, it it causes a lot of problems. There's a lot of refuse. There's a lot of people that end up sleeping on people's lawns, in their garages, in their backyards. Uh, and so when you cut the number to 150, it's a lot less impactful. It spreads them out across the city instead of condensing them and concentrating them. Now, well, it's all still, I mean, it's still mostly down, downtown-ish. I was looking at it at work. Well, so like but one, some of this is, is by some, like the one on um, Simpson Avenue. Mm-hmm. It's it's right by like houses. Yeah, 7th East and 2300 South. They're all in neighborhoods. So you have like 7th East, 2300 South. You have uh, 200 West and 14th South. So kind of over by the ballpark. Well, High Avenue is right by Lowe's. It's on third West. It's, it's, yeah, it's abutted right, right up next to it, but there were, there looks like some new apartments and things. And mm-hmm. I've just, so you've got, of, you got two other right in the heart of downtown, um, 130 East, 700 South, and then 648 West, 100 South. Um, so they are spreading them out. Um, but one of the things they're trying to do is build other stuff. So Right. And the, the only thing that is going to cause hysteria is that people are going to see homeless shelters instead of seeing the word and social services built in after it. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they're, they're making specialty centers like women's, women and family services centers and rehab and centers so that instead of just giving them a bed, they're hopefully being able to well, give them some sort of services so that they don't need that bed anymore. And that's always been the road home's goal. Right. Their goal is always to get people housed into more permanent long-term housing. And they, they do a really good job of that. But one of the issues that you have when you have a 1,300 bed shelter is... Is it's a shelter. I've got woman, child, maybe dad, couple kids. They're in a room, but they're, you know, being checked in next to guy with mental health problems and drug problems and you know who knows what else not that he's a bad person but that's a very difficult situation to be able to separate those two and provide good and, services, and provide services that are appropriate for them and so by splitting these up and and by creating different specialty centers it's it's going to help tremendously i think uh, the other thing that they're doing part of this plan that's you know, I think in, in a lot of ways was kind of skated. Um, it wasn't as focused on, but they're spending money to build more of these low income housing developments where they can get people into more permanent housing. Um, and that's fantastic. That address that we always talk about. What? The address, having an address. Oh, yeah. So get yeah, absolutely. So, it, so it's not just the four new facilities. There's a lot more going on. Um, I think it's, it's probably the best solution that they could come up with. Um, you know, and obviously it's not easy to choose the neighborhoods to put these places in because they do come with stigma. They come with problems. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think keeping them to 150 beds. It, it definitely keeps it more manageable. You're not yeah. funneling 1,300 people. Well, and, and in reality, a lot of these places where they've moved them to, like the one on High Ave by Lowe's, is already a mecca for 
homeless. There's already yeah, there's a Walmart a there and stuff. So there's already homeless that are there anyway. This at least gives a good reason to be there. It gives them a place to go instead of just you know the empty parking lot that they're putting this place in. So while it might be hard to swallow if if you are the homeowner or the person living in the apartment there, maybe stop and think about the fact that you probably are already seeing homeless in and around where you live. And by having a shelter or the social services there, hopefully the homeless will be more monitored and have some place to be and hopefully uh, care given to them rather than them just hanging out and trying to find someplace warm like Lowe's lobby or something. Yeah. Well, you know, the one thing I will add Space to this Space heaters outside on the yeah. so. The one thing I'll add to this story and then we'll we'll move on is um the road home still needs help. Um they're still gonna be open for a couple of years as these other centers are built and staffed and and uh populations are migrated. Um and your donations, even if they were closing tomorrow, will not go unused. Right. So please donate. We can't say that enough. Um, donate your time if you Except have Except for it. if you're going to donate socks, take them to VW. Take them to Jess. Because yep. then you have two socks instead of just one. Uh, four socks, actually. <gasps> four socks. <laughs> and the, again, the radio stations all do a big, big event next, next, next week. week. right? Yeah, right before yep. Christmas. Donate I think it's Tuesday and Wednesday. Is it Tuesday and Wednesday or Wednesday and Thursday? It's not the 23rd. So I think it's Wednesday and Wednesday Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday, then. Yeah. I think it's Wednesday and Thursday. So, you know, donate if you... If you're going to give money, do it then because there's always a match going on, especially in the morning. So, you know, your $5 or your $10, there's not. Sometimes there's like a triple match, even if you're paying attention. Yeah. You donate 10 bucks and that turns into 40. Like a triple match is 30, right? Plus your 10, which makes it 40. Yeah. Sorry. So 40. It's like a slot machine. But. Cha-ching. Math. But donate, you know, five, ten bucks, it doesn't seem like a lot, but if everyone gave five or ten bucks, they would have so much Well, money. and they have so much better buying power. It's like, um, it's like donating, like they do the food drives for... Yeah, the food bank. For the food bank at Thanksgiving, and that's great, and that's fine, but honestly... They can buy so much more if you just give them money. If you're going to spend $10 on some canned food at the grocery give store, them 10 bucks, just they can get give the food. Unless more. it's a case lot sale. <laughs> no, no. Even then. <laughs> they, they can get, buy three times yeah, more. Than, the, it's than crazy. You if you go to their websites and stuff, a lot of times you can totally well, get, see how much they can get for your money. And you can you can see that it's that your little, money's A little behind the well. curtain. If you don't know how the grocery store business works, it is a filthy money-making business. The amount of money that grocers spend to bring stuff in versus what you pay for it is ridiculous. So, all right. Uh, can we talk about porno? Let's talk about porn. Let's I talk about porn, it. baby. Oz, man behind the curtain. What? Oh, yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, porno in the state of Utah. Did you know that it Wait, is what's a the preferred term anymore? Porno or porn? Pornography. Uh, did you know that it is a public health crisis in the state of Utah? Oh, that's a bunch of... <gasps> it isn't so. Tell me more. So our legislature... Right here in River City. Our, our legislature likes to spend time and effort and money, apparently, uh, trying to fight pornography in the state of Utah because... Think of how many socks you could buy with the money that they've allotted for pornography. Those guys watching porno... Socks and pornography. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's the title oh, of our episode. Man. Socks and pornography. Holy shit. Socks and pornography go hand in hand. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean mine. You did yours on purpose. <sighs> yep. Sure oh, did. Man, that is going to be the episode. <laughs> Socks and pornography. Uh yeah, so Gary, Gary Herbert is trying to raise $50,000 now. Our favorite. Wasn't he voted worst, Utah? <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. And Mike Lee was second. Fucking douchebag. Uh, so, so hidden in his $16 billion budget for the year, he has... Uh, he's like got page 97 or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, buried 92. in the back. He's, he's got a $50,000 clause for taxpayers to pay for his anti-pornography push. With... Yeah. Todd Weiler. Fucking dumbass. You know, I Jess don't... and I went to a, a, what's that thing called that Bill did? Bill Allred did from X96 uh, when he was doing those talks. But, but we went there and we listened to Pamela Atkinson talk about Atkinson, Atkinson, talk about it. And we listened to um, Rob Butters talk about who is an actual therapist and who actually provides therapy to people who, quote unquote, are addicted to pornography. And he said that's just a bunch of hooey. And I tend to believe him because he does work for the courts and he does work directly with these people trying to, to help them. And pornography or being addicted to it or using it as a, as an escape, it's just a side effect of something else that's wrong. And so it's like, when you have cancer and instead of treating the cancer, you treat just the cold sore that you got on your lip or something that, that never goes away. That's herpes. You know, <laughs> stays with you for I don't know. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of this. So, that's what he said. So here's the thing. But you know what I mean? But yeah. it's, it's, you're it's just, what do you, Bill shows, what do you think Utah? There. Thank you. Yeah. And it, it, and it was a great show. It, 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 they tr- really tried to explain what they were trying to get across with this whole addiction and disease, but they're trying to say that it, it causes um, higher instances of abuse and things like that because it gives people a skewed version of sex. Now, that may be the case, but I don't think altering pornography you, is the problem. I think educating you know what else gives our you a, children. You know what else gives you a skewed version of sex or view of sex? Abstinence-only education. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's an education problem. It's not it's not a problem with porn. This actually kind of goes back to the the vid angel thing. You they don't you're, do porn. You're choosing to watch <laughs> they don't things. Don't porn. <laughs> <laughs> they clean that shit right up. It's a great plot. Girl orders pizza, guy delivers pizza. It's over. The end. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's along that that same line. You you don't just cut it out and then it doesn't exist or it's not around or that's not what that's not the underlying problem. The underlying problem is you're watching it for a reason. Now, if you're watching it for the right reason and with the right people and you've been taught, I am the right person for myself. So you two should be watching porn together. Is that what you were trying to say? (laughs) Whatever. Maybe. (laughs) But if you've been taught the right way, like if you've been, I know I'm totally ignoring you, but if, if you've been educated that, I don't know that, 
that you don't have, you have to have that conversation that it's right. okay to watch it. So, it's okay to say no. It's so, okay to not so do specifically different this, this $50,000 is supposed to go to the Utah Coalition Against Pornography. So that's a private nonprofit group in the state that they basically what they do is they host conferences, they conduct seminars on preventing children from seeing pornography and helping spread information about recovering from pornography addiction. So, is addiction to pornography a real thing? Sure, you can be addicted to just about anything. However, like you said, pornography addiction is typically a symptom. Uh, it's a symptom of something greater. And and that's the same with any addiction. Look, you get addicted to a drug, typically that starts because there's something else going on in your life that is causing you to escape. I don't know that this group hosting conferences and seminars on preventing children from seeing pornography is going to be effective. You know what's effective? Watching what your children watch, paying attention to it, and if you find them watching pornography, sit them down and have a damn discussion or about what it means. Have the fucking discussion before they watch True. the pornography. True. They've got cell phones in their pockets and there's nothing they're going to be able to do to legislate away. Did your parents have that conversation with you? About pornography? Mm -hmm. No. My parents were terrible parents. Did yours? I was raised LDS. I had it crammed down my throat. Are you kidding me? The well, pornography you had, was bad. You had Absolutely. And but the I, sex was I mean, bad. But I just, had, I just had basic sex discussions with my daughters, which was you decide what you want to do. You decide what you don't want to do. Your body is yours. And, Be safe. And and don't if you have fuck questions, without a Jimmy. Yeah, and if you have questions, come to me and ask them. Like, don't be afraid. Keep that communication line open. Well, remember that panel that we were at. That was actually something that uh, we kind of had a conversation with. I don't remember if it was with Pamela or if it was with Bill about. That we're talking generations, generations of conversations that have not been had. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and in a state like Utah, part of why I think the legislature has perked up is Utah Pamela does U, Utah does have a pornography problem. And it's a very closeted, secretive pornography problem. And And when I say problem, I mean we have a lot of people that watch a lot of pornography in the state of Utah. In their closet. And they, they do it. You know, in the, in privacy, on their cell phones, in the bathroom. And they do it because they're so sexually repressed that they, and yes, it does skew their view because their Mormon wife, who hasn't had sex her whole life, who's been taught it's bad her whole life. Who's been taught you have sex to procreate. Please don't enjoy. Yeah. I mean, really? So then when they it's have true. sex, it's not always in, in pleasurable. They feel guilty about it because they've been taught they're not supposed to do it their whole life. They don't know how to enjoy it. Uh, and so I, I think there are some issues there where it comes from. My, my biggest problem with this is that, one, it's not a health crisis. No. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the most not a health bullshit crisis. label that I've ever heard. The other is that the $50,000, it's piss money anyway. Well, so, so Andrew McCullough, the chairman of the Utah Libertarian Party, here's what he had to say, and I'll, I'm just going to read it. He said, it is a bunch of, and it's a blank, and he says, I'm trying to think of a word you can print. In the greater scheme of things, the governor would say, that's not a lot of money, but it is a lot of money if you're throwing it down a rat hole or using it to interfere with my personal freedom. So no, I don't like it even slightly. Yeah, and I, th I think that is what it boils down to, is you're funding a nonprofit group to suppress freedom of speech it's not about educating kids about proper ways to 
interact on on a sexual level about they need to figure that out on their own but it's educating like braces it's yeah. it's making a stand that the hierarchy of the mormon church will see that he made and applaud the move it's like it's like the government funding conversion therapy that's what it's akin to as far as i'm concerned the mike way this pence. group operates yeah i mean mike pence loves conversion therapy so all right, so uh, with us today we have uh, Aaron and Katie Burton from the Geek Therapist Podcast. Hi, guys. Hello. Well, uh, I like your show. I'm a big fan. <laughs> so we've got one person. <laughs> Me too. Oh, now we have two listeners? I guess. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> At least they've heard of us now. <laughs> we're, we're right behind you. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, we actually have a big following in the U.K. and Ireland now. Ireland wow. and Scotland both. Oh, nice. And, and Canada, too. Yeah. Canada. Canada. Hey. Canuckistan. Which is interesting because the podcast is, is all Utah, so it's always yeah. nice, to, nice to get those internationals. And they visit sometimes, right? They, they do. They do. And you guys Jess, give them a good reason to visit. Jess visits them, too, so. Yeah. <laughs> Go, Jess. So, uh, Geek Therapist, tell us uh, how you guys got started with that. Oh, that's a long story. Um, let's see if I can can put it down. I was doing a uh, um, a very uh, pathetic podcast for about three years called Geekhead Radio, and um, just through my connections with um, people I went to high school with, there's a uh, Melissa Merlot um, who's one of the um, co-hosts of the Left Show, and um, so we started talking, and uh, she got me in touch with uh, uh, J.M. Bell, who runs Defenestrate Media. And so we jumped ship from our old production site and, uh, and continued to limp along for a while. And then um, I eventually kind of had this wild hair up my ass and said, you know, I, I would like to do something with my, my therapy degree, especially since I'm no longer... Um, practicing in therapy because I work in uh, criminal defense now, and and so thus it was born because I was invited to a panel at the Salt Lake Comic Con, um, and I discovered how few people actually understand even the depression or anxiety, and that just kind of spurred it on of saying, you know what, let's condense it down and uh, make it digestible for geeks and non-geeks everywhere. That's awesome. We love Brother Bell, by the way. Yeah. JM. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he loves it when we call him Brother Bell. Jeremy's, uh, <laughs> Jeremy's one of the, the co-authors of, uh, Salt City Strangers. Salt City Strangers. Comic book. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. So he knows, he knows JC really oh, well. You're the one that I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Well, now so, you do. I know Mark and I know Chris and <laughs> Josh. Yep. So, so yeah, so I've been on, um, with Bell. Uh, hold 322 a couple times, which is a, a different show for a different day. But anyway, well, it's <laughs> now the world's greatest comic book podcast. It is. That's true. It absolutely is. That, the, the Defense Straight Media Network has some pretty different, a uh, wide range of shows. You've got the the world's greatest comic book podcast, and then the Left Show, and then Geek Therapist. It's really like <laughs> we're shooting all over the place here. <laughs> Well, that's all right, I think. Uh, I don't think there's anything bad with that. It's good to have a variety. Diversity of is good. To listen to. Absolutely. So how do, you guys, how do you guys like working with them? I mean, other than the fact that you're doing this new show, 
how is it working with, with Jeff and, and with the Defenestrate group? Well, I can't even really say this is a new show anymore because we've been running well over a year and a half now. And um, he's he's been amazing. I mean, I that's simply um, as I can put it. Uh, I mean, he's the one that cleans up the audio. He's the one that does all the production value. I just provide some content, and he, he makes the sound somewhat competent. We <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and uh, – is this a swearing podcast? Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. All right. <laughs> We do everything we can to completely fuck it up. So, well, we uh, we fucked up a lot of our first episodes. It, it, it comes with the territory. You learn, you grow. We we also kind of need Jeff because he kind of gives us a boot in the ass when we need it. There was a time there where we we were just kind of throwing episodes out here and there, and he finally said, "You you let me know when you're serious about this." <laughs> that sounds like that Jeff. That was really fun when I was still trying to uh, split between Geekhead Radio and Geek Therapist and. This is the one that we love. Yeah, and it's it's tough to build a following if you're not consistent. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so uh, you're a therapist, Aaron. Uh, Katie, are you also a, a licensed therapist? I'm no, no longer licensed, but I am a trained therapist, yes. I don't do therapy anymore. Though. Yeah, there's nuances there. It's basically we, we were looking at what we are currently doing with our degrees, and then it came time to renew licenses, and we're like, eh, we're not even doing therapy anymore. What's the point? So that also frees us from uh, any potential <laughs> malpractice lawsuits. That's uh, that's good. That's good for you because uh, Bree <laughs> Bree over here is a uh, insurance agent, so she knows all about malpractice. Yeah, <laughs> it's an exciting life I lead. So so you work in criminal defense, Aaron. Is do you do the same thing, Katie? Now, or are you doing something else with your degree? No, I actually work with insurance, too. The other kind of insurance, though. <laughs> so I, I work on the therapeutic end for, um, I work for probably about a 100 different um, mental health and substance abuse treatment programs, working on getting the clients authorized through their insurance. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty awesome. That's something, actually, uh, if you guys don't mind talking about it, I mean, that's, that's something that I think a lot of people do don't know about a lot of health insurance does have some mental health coverage uh, and I don't think a lot of people know how to you know get access to that sort of stuff it's fairly limited unfortunately yes it's it's very difficult and it is kind of a it's a field where people really don't even know realize how important that particular aspect is you have people who need you know residential treatment for a lifetime of substance use and the last thing they need to be worrying about is how to pay their bill. Well, here so, in Utah, isn't the attitude you just pray it away? Pretty much. Just just pray the just depression away. Tarot. Like a light switch, just turn it off. That's right. Well, if I can rant for one thing for just one second. Oh, we're we're famous for ranting. <laughs> well, I, I have to make sure that I don't completely interrupt Kate. One of the biggest problems, not just with insurance, but just as culturally speaking, and when I say culturally, I mean across the nation, is there's this this desperate clinging hope that we're not 100% biological. And what ends up happening <laughs> is that there's this misconception that the brain is somehow a completely separate organism or entity to our physical body. And so when they talk about mental health coverage, they speak about that as if it's a completely separate thing that somehow doesn't apply to um, standard medical health. 
when what you're dealing with is deficiencies and imbalances in neurotransmitters that are produced by your brain in your body. And, and so many people just don't want to believe that, that the choices that they, they make may be a series of biological neuroelectrical impulses that can be affected by medication and you can improve your functioning, you know, at least to even be capable of dealing with life's problems on its own. And, and until we get away from this idea that, you know, oh, you know, when, when I'm, when I'm manic or when I'm depressed, you know, I'm like a completely different person. Well, you're not. And it's, and it's like, there just needs to be more integration into the understanding that our brains and our personalities and our way of thinking and coping are just part of our bodies, and there's nothing wrong with that. We just need to treat it equally. Yeah, I, I can't tell you the number of times I get frustrated that I see that a, a medical doctor, a primary care physician, prescribes, um, you know, things like antidepressants or you know, ADHD medication. Um, and, and there's no therapy coupled with it. Like someone says, yeah, I'm just feeling kind of down. And they're like, okay, we're just going to throw a shot in the dark and try this. Well, uh, and so much of that plays down to um, what a pharmaceutical representative has dropped off the most samples to that <laughs> primary care physician. Yeah, who's brought in the and which lunches. one they're just thinking about in the for- forefront. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, That's part of what led up to the big opiate addiction epidemic we have now is the pharmaceuticals companies just throwing out these samples and the doctors just assign like handing them out like candy you got a headache here's some fentanyl <laughs> well i know this is going down a whole different road but we, we can't legalize marijuana that is proven to help but hey let me give you some opiates over the counter right yeah i mean it's it's there's just too many lobbying groups that just continue to muddy the waters it's big money that, uh, oh yeah, that's what and and hell, I mean, if you look at your own four hundred one k or you know any retirement plan, you'll find out that you're a big supporter of uh, big pharmaceuticals and gun manufacturers. Well, <laughs> the last time I was at the doctor, um, I'm friends with my doctor. I actually used to work in medical staffing and I used to credential physicians, and so I know her from there. Um, she was she was venting because. The generic version of Viagra it was originally for heart disease. And, um, you know, then they found this, this, this side effect. You know, oh, great. It gives guys heart ons. Perfect. We'll use it for that. So in her practice, she can prescribe this, the, and I don't remember the generic name, but whatever it is, she prescribes this for the heart disease. And it's like, you know, $10 for a bottle of 30 pills or something. But if she prescribes it as Viagra, it's like $50 a pill or $100 a pill or some astronomical value. And she cannot prescribe the generic for erectile dysfunction. It's illegal. But if you look at the generic name under Viagra, it's the exact formulary. Hmm. It's it's nothing different. It's not, they didn't add anything to it. They didn't do anything strange. It's the exact same thing. They just can't, you, you can only use Viagra for erectile dysfunction, even though if you happen to have this, this heart problem, you could have the side effect of getting a boner because it's the exact same medication. <laughs> and this is why Trump is our president elect, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the pumpkin headed uh, idiot. Don't get us started. 
<laughs> we went on tangents. We're never prone to do that. <laughs> so I want to know, I have uh, listened and looked through some of your topics that you guys have done for Geek Therapist. Utah is known for its geek culture. How yep. do you pick topics that will resonate um, with the people that really need the help um, and that nerd culture? I don't think we necessarily pick and choose our topics just based on the geek culture. It, it's helpful that we have the three panelists, myself, Aaron, and our other panelist, Jocelyn. Um, we are all very deep into the geek culture ourselves, so it just kind of naturally sways into... We, we naturally evolve that into our conversation topics, so we do want to address depression and anxiety and um, the the other mental health disorders and be, make people more aware of that. Our, it's just our geek culture kind of melts into that. Uh, it, <clears throat> and, and, and occasionally, you know, when we're, when we're really stretching for a serious topic, uh, we fall back on uh, doing uh, psychological evaluations of, like, the Avengers or the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Deadpool. Uh, it, sometimes we've talked about way too serious of issues. Um, there Have we was, psychologically evaluated Deadpool? No. <laughs> my uh, my daughter actually had in her theology class her senior year of high school. No, I think it was her junior uh, year. She had uh, they actually watched uh, Batman. Um, the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Yeah, and uh, used that uh, movie. They spent like three weeks evaluating that movie for, you know. Is he a hero? Is he an anti-hero? Is he a criminal? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Why do you think these things? It was interesting homework. She has the movie practically memorized because she had to keep watching it over and over for different things and looking for different... Just don't let her think that Christopher Nolan's a great director. (laughs) (laughs) Well, coming back to kind of the influence of the podcast as well is that in geek culture, um, mental illness is very poorly uh, portrayed. Um, It's usually used um, by the villains... You know, so the villains are the ones that have the mental health disorders, and they're always overly exaggerated, poorly, um, <laughs> poorly connected to any real diagnosis. I mean, there's there's so many times where um, schizophrenia has been used as a plot device, and when you know, I've worked uh, I mean, prior to where I'm working now, I worked for uh, Valley Behavioral Health for nine years. No schizophrenic is is a criminal mastermind. They're mm-hmm. fighting so hard just to process the world around them that they don't have time for these evil plans. So they're not going to be the Scarecrow or Joker. No, no. And I mean, I love Batman, and you know, I I, I hate to say it, that when I was a teenager, what really got me obsessed with abnormal psychology was H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Hmm. Which is the farthest thing from <laughs> any sort of accurate portrayal of mental illness. And, and, and kind of, I mean, like you just take something like Arkham Asylum, which is, you know, a direct pull from Lovecraft, uh, because Arkham, Massachusetts was, or is it Rhode Island? Can't recall. Anyways, um, it was the fictional town where so many of the stories came up that, in a comic book, you can come up with a lot of interesting tales and interesting dissections of, you know, the the pop culture perception of mental uh, illness, but you never see an accurate portrayal where somebody who's suffering with, you know, bipolar disorder can see somebody 
accurately portrayed as being successful or being heroic while having that disorder. Well, there are he- there are heroes that I mean, Tony Stark with his PTSD. Um, you know, it's not just well, Batman's kind of yeah, Batman's depressed and. Wait. Did you guys know that Batman's parents died? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? In front of him. We've heard that rumor. They were killed? I think that that origin story is the most overplayed origin story in any comic ever. Or <laughs> and it's up there with Spider-Man. It's, it's insane how often you see that origin story. Uh, but, uh, I mean, with Tony Stark in uh, Iron Man 3, they they started getting it right. And then he got over his PTSD by basically being told get over it by a little kid. Yeah. Well, it's not how it works. I like that little Perhaps. kid. <laughs> well, Perhaps it is Jessica a movie. <laughs> had a time to explore that in a far more um, organic manner. Yeah. Well, I mean, two hours, two and a half hours isn't quite enough time to really get into some of that stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I think that's where your podcast really is able to do a lot more if you're interested in that stuff because you can then spend an hour breaking down you know, what that really should have been like, what, how people really deal with that, you know, in their everyday life. If they can ever shut me up long enough to actually <laughs> say it. <laughs> Do you guys, so I know you, you break down movies and, and I've, I've listened to quite a few of your podcasts. Um, you know, you feel like there's, there's a need in, in Utah specifically or just in, in geekdom in general to talk about, um, you know, real life mental health problems, not just, you know, identifying stuff in movies, but maybe identifying, you know, people in the geek community. This is something that we see a lot of, and, and can we address that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's so many ways that we can approach uh, people in the geek community that they don't have any connection to a lot of people. They, but Back before Comic-Con, you didn't really have this big group of people that you could go and hang out with and be a part of and being able to have just people that you know like hey they have the same interest in me and they understand where I'm coming from that's I I really think that it's it's beneficial for those in the geek culture who have these um, struggles with social anxiety and and um, help me out here Aaron Uh, I don't know where you're going yeah (laughs) (laughs) well um Going hand in hand in that, I mean, if, if, if I had to identify the most common mental health disorder amongst the geek community, it has to be anxiety. And, and it's to varying levels. Because almost to become a geek, you have to become a, become kind of obsessed with a slight level of escapism. Somewhere where you can find predictable rules, um, you know, be it the Harry Potter books, uh, um, the, the, the classic fight of good versus evil in most of the Star Wars movies. Can't speak for Rogue One right now. Um, in a couple more and, days. And, and, the, and kind of that geek obsession, um, and it's not necessarily unhealthy, but it can become unhealthy where in, you know, they're usually trying to escape either problems at home, problems at school, problems with their own mental health, their, their physical health. And so they they develop a very strong attachment to the characters and the themes and the stories, and and sometimes, as you can see in the more negative aspects of the geek culture, when you when you have gatekeeping occurring, where there you know you get one guy who's totally upset that um, 
you know, the average person now knows about Daredevil, and this person is drilling in on everybody else. Well, have you read this story? Have you done this? Have you seen this issue? Well, you know, I think Frank Miller's, you know, and they go on and on and on, not realizing that's an opportunity to connect with another person. And, and so as you kind of break that down and realize, you know what, being a geek is more about sharing your interests, not hoarding your interests. Yeah, how do you think the uh, the last 20 years or so of technological advances, the Internet, cell phones, social media, have, have impacted that? Um, I can answer this, but I want to make sure Kate can, too. I'll, I'll talk later. It's okay. Okay. Um, it's been a, um, a boon and a bust. Um, one of the things that it's that um, social media and the Internet has allowed people to do is to find out, oh, there's other people who love my my stuff, the stuff that I love. And, you know, you can trade obscure information and you can, um, you know, share jokes that you don't have to explain or get the weird looks about anymore. Um, but the problem with that is, too, is that it's very easy to see that as your primary means of socializing with other people. And so it becomes a safe environment where you can sit behind a computer screen. And sometimes when you're angry and you're upset, you can't see the reaction of the other person. And so it's easier to become insulting and and harassing because it it becomes like a game less than i'm interacting with another human being um but it's easier for them to emotionally lash out too yeah and and so it's it it, in all things you know and you know I, i don't prescribe to this faith but you know in buddhism you know it's all about balance and 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 I think these opportunities for like you know large cons or or you know podcast get-togethers or anything along those lines give people an opportunity to reconnect face to face with those people, um, for better or for worse. And so I don't know. It's it's um, you know it's the echo chamber. It's what we saw in the most recent election. You know to bring it back to that because it's still <laughs> bearing down on us like a train. <laughs> But, you know, you're only speaking to one group of individuals that and you're never exposed to another alternating viewpoint. Um, And then it becomes very easy to believe that alternate viewpoints are always incredibly wrong. Right. So what topic do you guys get asked the most or what kind of topics do you guys hear that you're just giddy about talking about every time? Giddy. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, a lot of things that we get asked to talk about, um, it's usually relationship-related issues or um, dealing with uh, issues with children seems to be one of the most common ones. We keep trying to convince people to talk about sex, and, and I think <laughs> we must have failed so miserably that everybody's like, no. I don't think they want to talk to us about sex. <laughs> it's no. such an uncomfortable topic for most people, honestly. Well, part of yeah, I think the, the last the, the last time we actually attempted to talk about sex, it went down the whole sexual abuse angle. Well, the, which, the question had that tied into turned it. awkward, and then we followed it up with a full episode on overcoming being the victim of sexual abuse and overcoming being the perpetrator of sexual abuse, hmm. which is a really hard that's, episode for us to record. That's, but, yeah, that's a tough topic. So it started out fun and sexy, but it went down a whole different road. <laughs> yeah, we we can never take anything at face value. We have to fuck it up. <laughs> so, 
we've been talking a lot just just in our own podcast about you know this time of year it comes up a lot because it is cold and there are quite a few homeless people it's in the news pretty heavily right now um oh yeah and and one of the big issues with homelessness and the homeless population is is mental health problems do you do you guys ever talk about that on your podcast what are your thoughts there Oh, that's my work. Um, that's that that that's a huge piece of what I do for a living. Um, uh, because I work with the indigent populations, and um, I'm in, in a public defender's office. And there's a very close tie-in with um, the mental health aspect, the homelessness, and um, petty crimes. So uh, there are sometimes, you know, I had. Now that you mention it, I think that's something that we have neglected to speak about, um, mostly because we've been trying to, you know, we're all diehard liberals here, but we try <laughs> to not skew as far onto that spectrum when we're doing the podcast, just because, you know, if we're not going to, I mean, if we want to drive away most of our Utah. <laughs> <laughs> we run that risk but sometimes you know, we have to keep our opinions to ourselves and we're not very good at it but um but yeah that's that's one thing that i uh we haven't really touched on and i think part of it is because um i don't know um i'm if, if i had to self-analyze i think i avoid it when i'm talking about it on my podcast because that's what i do 40 plus hours a week and so, um, but that does a disservice to those who don't know about it. So actually, I think I'm going to um, use that, if you don't mind. <laughs> Yay. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Be happy to hear thoughts on it, you know, on, on one of your episodes. Um, it just, you know, around the holidays especially, you, you, you think about it a lot that, you know, the Road Home does its big event, its big fundraiser. Um, and if you're ever, I mean, really, if you ever spend any time in Pioneer Park, any time of the year, in Salt Lake especially. Well, even just where I work, which is far away from yeah, there, it's, I mean, yeah. well, and it's a lot of crazy. homeless, it just, they all get uh, lumped into a category, and, and each is circumstantial, and a lot of it is mental, mental health, and... You know, you can't be throwing all of those people in jail. Well, and what's <laughs> you know what's what's, cra- what's crazy is you 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 know even saying that you lump them into a big category of mental health, it's not all the same thing, and some of them are much worse than others, and it's all different health problems at that point. Well, I uh, just to it's not really railroading, but um, I have a brother with traumatic brain injury from a car accident that we were in, and. A few years ago, he got mad, and the part of his brain that was smashed in our accident uh, is basically decision-making. And he got mad because my parents said, you can't smoke in your apartment anymore. You're going to get kicked out. And he decided to go up to the shelter, uh, I think St. Anne's in Ogden, and lived there for a while. And he hated his roommate and decided in the middle of winter to be homeless for three months so much that we actually had to put out a new story to find him. So, you know, that's just a prime example of, of mental health and homelessness. Yeah, very much so. Um, but another reason why I've been kind of hesitant to talk about it is because um, I, it's hard for me to not talk about it without telling personal stories and, um, having there's still confidentiality issues from my last job yeah. you know gotta gotta always keep an eye out on hipaa for that right 
and um, because I work in criminal defense, I I can't talk about some of the most recent issues, especially when it comes down to you know specific common themes when it comes to like what's really happening down there without running the risk of of talking about or crossing into the boundary of another case that might be something we're representing a client on. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. I guess that would make it very, very difficult. Um, how How is it, uh, you know, running a podcast that's, that is all about therapy and, and then also, you know, being a therapist 40-plus hours a week? Oh, I'm not a therapist But anymore. he's not anymore, remember? Oh, yeah, but you know yeah. what I mean, because you're still doing... In the therapy field. Yeah, yeah. in the therapy field. So, Chuck, what... That's a, that's another good question, actually. What is the difference between what you do and actual therapy? I mean, I assume you're not making people better in, in your current role. Oh, I'm making them worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. My job is very hard to describe. Um, I'm what's considered a social services coordinator and mitigation specialist. And so, essentially, when I have a um, when a when a case comes up, when it, we have a team of, uh, I think it's six now, social workers who um, are each assigned about five to six different attorneys. And when one of those attorneys get a case where there's a concern about mental health, either it being the mitigating factor to the crime itself, um, there being something, um, maybe they're, they're not stabilizing and in order to become competent, in order to stand trial or even face any, any sort of... Um, uh, resolution in the criminal justice field. Um, they, I get a case. I go out there and I'm either meeting with them at the jail, the Utah State Prison, or if they're out of custody at the office. Um, I start collecting records, start getting a historical uh, basis for any mental health uh, disorders or substance abuse because they they're very comorbid. And then, um, based on the information I have, sometimes I'm the one who makes the first call on um, seeing if somebody's competent to st- uh, stand trial, and then I'm the one tasked with finding the the, the forensic psychologists who are um, not with the defense team <laughs> to uh, <laughs> do an impartial um, competency evaluation. And so I also do a lot of um, uh, work with the, de- the the defense attorneys trying to convince the prosecutor that treatment's a better option than incarceration. Um, sometimes I get called into court um, to speak directly to the prosecutor. Sometimes I get called in to speak directly to the judge and try and explain why um, this person who has struggled with issues of schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder or bipolar disorder needs treatment and stabilization in order to reduce what's the, the technical term is the recidivism rate mm-hmm. um, for reoffending, and if we spend the time and have the patience to help the client there, we can actually reduce the amount of time that they're in custody, um, or you know, hopefully help them um, actually stabilize and no longer commit future crimes. I was working in prior to that when I was working as a therapist. I was um, I don't know how much I can talk about. Um, I everything was court ordered um, or court mandated, and so I was on the back end of that. And I, it was it was very frustrating when you're dealing with a system that forces people to go to treatment and wants them to get better, but then wants to know every time they mess up so they can incarcerate them. Yeah. 
And so I um, did a lot of soul searching, and a job opportunity popped up with doing what I am, and 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 so I I do what I can to try and stop that cycle and to actually make sure the person's getting help instead of just getting this carte blanche um, recommendation that is not beneficial to them at all. He's a local superhero. Yeah. I I did want to mention something about his job that is, um, I wouldn't say it's unique to Utah, but it's something Utah offers that a lot of other uh, states don't offer, is the the legal defenders, the state-funded legal defenders. We... County, but technical hours. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) So Salt Lake Legal Defenders is actually one of very few that actually hire social service workers uh, on site rather than just contracting out. In fact, we're a rarity even in the nation. Yeah, I was going to say, that can't be very common anywhere. No, I've gone to, I, I went to a death penalty conference in Dallas, and everyone assumed I was a lawyer there until I started. I was there with another one of the social workers. And uh, it, it, public defenders from all over the country are like, are you serious? You've got, you guys are in-house? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, how can and, we get that? <laughs> been recognized numerous times with different uh, public defender um, fields, but the rest of the state of Utah is failing miserably because they're underfunded. We're lucky that we have Salt Lake County Council uh, who, who, who believes in what we're doing and, and um, keeps helping us fund, be funded. A liberal mecca in a small conservative state. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, what about for, for you, Katie? Uh, I mean, what you do now is vastly different than actually providing therapy to people. So how's, how's that for you? Is this, this podcast more of an outlet for you now? Um, yeah, it really is. Um, so when I first started doing, when I started training for my master's degree, pretty much halfway through my master's degree, I'm like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. And then that's I a, went. That's to, a lot of school to come to that conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I kind of followed through. <laughs> I wouldn't let her stop. I'm like, no, you're getting a degree out of this. Now you Especially got like, you got like a year and a half more to go. You better get that thing finished. <laughs> I like how you checked a year and a half on your wristwatch that's non-existent. <laughs> Sorry, you couldn't see that, but he just looked at his wrist as if he could tell a year and a half. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So um, yeah, I did my so I did my internship at the jail, at the Salt Lake County Jail for the what's called what was called the CATS program. It was Correctional Addiction Treatment Services or something. Yep, something like that. Um, and it was there that I really decided I didn't want to do this. Um, she tried so hard. I tried hard. I really did. But I don't have a face that can hide what I'm thinking. <laughs> that makes it tough to be a real therapist. I can't even get her to stop rolling her eyes at me. <laughs> I can't help myself. So I, you know, when I when I finally graduated, by some miracle I graduated, and uh, was looking around finding she had a three point eight GPA. <laughs> finally graduated. So I was looking for I a think job. She was talking about time and not competency, gentlemen. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So I was looking for a job that wasn't, I was looking for a job that was in therapy, but I still wasn't quite sure, you know, what I wanted to do. And I found this, this job, um, for my company. I, I'll just name my company. It's Elevated Billing. 
Um, and they wanted a, an authorizations person. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. So I go and apply and they talk about how it's working with insurance companies. And even then I was like, Ugh, insurance. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I started doing it and I, I, decided that you know I really did enjoy it I got to do everything that I really enjoyed about therapy and was still helping out in some way um, one of the primary things that I was doing was pouring over clinical I was look really diving into clinical trying to figure out and understand the person and how to relate that to the insurance company um, in a in a positive way that meets the insurance company's requirements while still you know helping the client, so it was it was almost like detective work of sorts, like so, mental detective work. So it's a ton of reading. Is yeah, what I'm getting it's a ton of reading. So I'm basically pouring over every single ounce of clinical information on this client, from their complete back history to um, where they're at now. So I could tell you exactly what happened from when they were babies to now. <laughs> and then I'm trying to use what information I could while while using the most limited information possible to get the insurance companies to pay for it. And uh, uh, insurance companies are assholes. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. Yes. <laughs> um, one in, uh, don't don't name names. No, not naming names. <laughs> I'll but name them: Aetna, Blue Cross, Healthcare. Naming Cigna. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, Kate's over here just rolling her eyes, going, "Oh, they've got it." Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> there was just, I, you know, it's you don't really understand the barriers that it that the insurance companies put forward. To to give you an example, and I, I had mentioned this in one of um, our podcast episodes, but there was a uh, we routinely have to talk to the doctors that are hired by the insurance companies to deny treatment. And uh, there was a doctor that uh, a, a coworker of mine had a patient who was threatening to go and shoot up a school, and uh, so yeah, red flag. It was being he, this client was denied denied residential treatment, which is basically in house, constantly monitored twenty four seven. And she was trying to explain this to the doctor, and the, this is outrageous. But the doctor says, "Well, he has has he done it yet?" <laughs> Oh, brother. <laughs> treatment. He denied treatment because the client hadn't acted on it yet, even though he had plans and intent to do it. And that's the kind of barriers that we're coming, we're, we're running into with insurance companies. And that's why I am so passionate about what I do. Because it's those kind of things that if a person can't afford to put their child into this kind of treatment and they're doing something like that, they're threatening to shoot up a school. They're gonna go do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're wish, I wish hero. that. Yeah, I wish that insurance companies would understand preventative care just in general, just all together. You know, not just mental health, but everything. Because if you step in before something bad happens, the costs are far lower than if you wait until you know. Not only is this person threatening it, but now they've done it, and now they're trying to deal with the consequences of. Maybe feeling guilty for having done it or realizing that they want to do it more or something like that. Now you've got five more issues that this person is dealing with because now they've committed some atrocity. Now at that point, they're going to go to prison. Yeah, but they're more concerned about their shareholders than they are the actual health of of the client. I mean, okay, I'm... I'm Single payer. Go to just... (laughs) (laughs) 
if you take, for example, I'm sorry, <laughs> this is the one of those things that I can just ramble about. Um, you take that Salt Lake County uh, uses Optum Healthcare to be the primary, um, uh, what's the term, distributor? I, I can't provider. think of it. Right. Provider, thank you, for the Medicaid contract in Salt Lake County. And, um, you know, Medicaid is taxpayer funded. Well, Optum is a private company. And so the more that they deny treatment, the higher their revenue is for their shareholders. And this is the situation that we've got. And this is one of the biggest problems that we've had, one of the biggest epidemics of mental health uh, crisis here in Salt Lake City, going right back to the road home situation, uh, where you have people that are being denied treatment. You're having people, because of the state legislatures, not getting even coverage in the first place because, you know, they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps or, you know, ask Jesus for help. And then what ends up happening is... Um, he does you save, you know. Effect. Oh, yeah. He's, he he saves also a lot. saves those who help themselves. Exactly. <laughs> Here's this terrible mental health disorder. Good luck! <laughs> you go ahead and work on Fucker. that. <laughs> prove it. Can you, can you prove that with a blood test? <laughs> <laughs> But um, so anyway, you just have you just have this uh, this spiraling effect, and it's just it's it's nauseating to know that the person, the people who are determining how taxpayer dollars get spent for people who are in desperate need of mental health services, um, are also the people that the more services they withhold, the higher pay rate they get. Yeah. 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 Sounds sounds like it might be a little corrupt. I don't know. Just just like guessing. Change deniers. Oh, it's gonna be fun. You know, it's gonna get worse. Or the pornography thing, where they're, where you know, it's it's a disease. It's it's a. It's, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. don't get me started yeah. on that. Did you see Herbert trying to raise fifty grand for it today? Yeah, it's because he's he's trying to keep his half brother from you know reoffending. <laughs> right. <laughs> Aaron trolled him once on Twitter. It was kind of funny. Oh, I went because it was right after he was trying to do his whole thing about you know we have to deny transgender individuals from being able to be in restrooms um, because of the potential of sexual assault on there. And so I, I started saying, oh, hey, look, your brother uh, <laughs> got charged with um, solicitation of a minor for, uh, for sex on the Internet. So does that mean that that because of him, I can start saying that you're a threat to, in the restrooms? <laughs> I yeah. Just went on. Um, but I, then I found out that Herbert doesn't read his own Twitter account. It's just a staffer. And I went, oh, that not. sucks. Yeah. He probably doesn't even actually know how to well, use it. Well, and then he tried to block Planned Parenthood. The list goes on. Yeah, he's he's a winner. We're super proud of him. This is why we don't talk about serious subjects on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything that you guys want to talk about that, that you don't get to talk about on the podcast that, you know, we're a good outlet for it if you want? Yeah, because we don't care if we offend people. Oh, you, d- you don't. Somebody might. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, y- you know, I uh, I guess just when does this episode drop is a big a big question. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay, perfect. So um, we we have had um, some very unfortunate circumstances where we've had uh, very close friends have children, um, spouses that have taken their own life, and we're very engaged with um, some of the suicide awareness programs we've tried to be a part of the it's a walk out of darkness out of darkness the walk. out of darkness walk uh that they do generally near the tail end of summer um and try to to build awareness towards that we um we're 
I wasn't prepared <laughs> to speak about this directly, and so so I don't have my my usual notes. But that's something that we keep going back to on the podcast because you know one of one of the things is that when you're when you're stuck in that dark depression and you don't see a way out, it's really hard to see that the people around you are there to help pull you out. And if you can take that moment to just reach out and just say that you're struggling, a lot of times you'll find out you're not nearly as alone as, as, as you fear you are. And, um, you know, that, that's really one of the biggest things that we try to, to harp on on our podcast is, is, you know, there's help, there's hope. You know, there are people out there who care about you. And even though the insurance companies are a big giant pain in the ass, um, there are ways that you can get help. And so, um, I, I should have the suicide prevention hotline. I actually hotline have it here. Memorized. The National oh, Suicide go. Prevention uh, Lifeline is 800-273-8255. And we're still waiting to hear from this from the uni representatives, but we, we did, w- you know, we, sh- we occasionally, I try to find memes that, you know, were mental health related for the Geek Therapist uh, fan page on Facebook, and we had shared one that was a text line. Um, and apparently we overloaded the, the text line so much <laughs> that we were contacted by the New York agency that ran it and said, can you please take down the contact information? Wow. That's like, awesome though. Yeah. That's, that's good. That, that we talked about it when it first came, when it, yeah. when they first started it and the impact that it was making. And especially this time of year, you know, the holidays are really rough, um, for that kind of stuff and then people get in a really dark place this time of year and it's just really important to reach out to anyone really. And so that's, that's just, that's, that's been the biggest thing, you know, that's the long-term goal is if we can save somebody's life and just in the sense of we gave them information that gave them the hope to call a phone number or make an appointment uh, that makes, you know, the rest of the swearing and my tangents all worthwhile. Well, and that's why we refuse to take down that post. We yeah, told the guy I told we weren't the, taking I, it down because if we can just do, if we can get to that one person who can reach out and save their life, it is completely worth it to me. Yeah, Agreed, for, yeah. sure, for sure. So we have one question that we ask everyone. Uh, you guys, ah. you guys live in the state of Utah. I don't know how long you've been here, if you grew up here, but. What's one thing that you would tell people visiting Utah that they had to do before they left? Go to Timpanogos Cave. (laughs) (laughs) So same answer from both of you, huh? Timpanogos Cave, it's amazing. Have you guys been? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) It's a whole painful trek, but it's so... (laughs) We can't can't talk to you anymore. You haven't been to Timpanogos. Uh, that that's one of my favorite natural um, settings, just because I don't know. I I, I have to admit I I'm a massive Dungeons and Dragons um, fan, and so <laughs> I find myself no matter how old I get and how much I try to repress it, sitting there going, I wonder what treasures are back there. And I'm like, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> are you a spelunker too? Then no, no. Unfortunately, I'm just a little too claustrophobic, and I've got. Two blown out discs in my back, so I I get stuck in the nutty putty cave and. You should that. go to therapy for that. <laughs> I have. <laughs> <laughs> it I, still has a lot of issues. And, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
express trauma. I am going to add one thing in, uh, to Timpanogos Cave, though. Utah has so many cool ghost towns. So yes. many cool Ooh. ghost towns. If you haven't pieced it together, we're we're pretty atheists here, um, but <laughs> but at the same time, we still love the legends and 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 I try to sit there and go, well, if I go out somewhere and I just psychologically freak myself out, I still had fun. <laughs> Okay. My dad and his best friend had a book of Utah ghost towns, and every weekend or two, they would go to different ones and and just take pictures. And it's there's awesome. A, there's a meme online of the. Uh, it's not really a meme, but it's a, a guide to the Utah ghost town tours. That you can. It just gives you a map of where to drive, and it goes over over the entire state. And I'm desperately want to do it. I want to do it. <laughs> we're, we're fans of atheists here. I have an atheist daughter, so. <laughs> but, you know, the way that we try to live our life with that is, is, you know what? If you're not, if you're not trying to legislate your religion, go ahead and do whatever you need well, to. Well, if you're only being good because you're afraid of something bad, then you're not, that doesn't make you good. That right? just makes you <laughs> capable of following a rule. It doesn't <laughs> mean that you're a good person, so. Might as well be a puppy waiting for a treat. All right. There you go. So real quick, where can people find you? We can be found, uh, the Geek Therapist podcast can be found on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. You can also download it directly from geektherapist.com. And uh, I won't do the rest of the spiel. So. Are you waiting for me to do the rest of the spiel? No, no, no. No, oh, it's not our show. Uh, I know. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're here to plug yourself. That's right. That's why plug we yourself. Invited you on. Go ahead. Uh, well, well, we do have an email. Yes, Good. and send questions for future topics or ideas at geektherapistpodcast@gmail.com. And then we have an obnoxious uh, geek therapist hotline, which is eight zero one eight one zero six five five zero. That doesn't actually ring to a live person, but you can leave a voicemail and we take questions and snarky comments and let's <laughs> go ahead and leave us a message. We'll play it on the air. Oh, like, cool. a, like a Google number? Two. Yeah, it's a Google number. That's awesome. But there you go. Perfect. Well, thanks, guys. It's been a very Thank you all. Thank you so much for inviting us on. This was awesome. It was fun. Thank you. And we'll plug your podcast next time, too. Do awesome. it. Thanks. We're going right. to plug you guys. <laughs> that sounds sexy. You, you had to make it weird. That's my job. If, if you got a wife that makes it weird, you got a winner. <laughs> hey, I can see her blushing on the webcam. <laughs> uh, All right, thanks, thank guys. You. All right, well, uh, thanks to the Geek Therapist folks. Um, we want to awesome. do. Yeah, they were. That They're, was a good interview. Uh, it was, it was, um, it was fun, very serious, but, uh, some serious notes. Good stuff, good stuff. So thanks, guys. Um, we are going to finish out. Uh, we were going to do this last week, but, uh, I said, no, no, wait, because next week when this episode drops on the 14th, it will be exactly 12 days before Christmas. And, uh, a story came out. I guess they do this, actually. I was reading. They do this, uh, every year. Every year. Um, they adjust inflation, for baby. inflation and, and current pricing, but they do the cost, today's cost of the 12, 12 days of Christmas gifts. So, uh, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. That would cost you $209.99. 
Now, are they talking about the tree and the pear tree? Yes. yes. Pear the tree is probably the majority of yeah. the cost, I yeah. imagine. Yeah. A new pear tree is probably going to be about 90 bucks. I want a pear to tree. Especially if it's big enough to put a partridge in. Yeah. Well, I mean. Those big birds. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So, established uh, tree. <laughs> on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Two turtle doves. Those are fucking expensive, apparently. 375 bucks. What is for a turtle, turtle dove? Doves. It's a specific type it's of a dove. Little, a little tiny white dove. We have some on our tree. Are they the kinds you release at weddings? Uh, no, that would Those just be a, be a wedding dove. <laughs> Those are homing pigeons. Yeah, yeah, basically. I was going to say they're they're just pigeons, more or less. Uh, on the third day of Christmas, my tree love gave to me three, three French, French hens. hens. Now, are they talking about French hens meaning chickens? Yeah, a specific type with of the chicken. big fluffy hair looking thing. Yeah, they're, they're cool. They're expensive. The cool ones at the state they're, fair. They are. Yes. They are uh, just about six hundred dollars. No, no, those no, are no, far. No. Those $181. are $181.50 for three of them. That's a lot more expensive than a damn chicken. Yeah, you can get a normal chicken for like three bucks. Yeah. You could oh. get a Cornish game hen and cook it, and it'd be less than that. Oh, those are good. You could eat it. Those are good. So, four <laughs> calling birds. $599. Did you just sing that? That was awesome. Good job. <sighs> what kind of calling birds are they talking? Do we know? Like parrots? We need no, Jay they're the Whitaker kind with little cell phones. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think. A parrot would fit into there. Right? Four parrots for five ninety nine. That's a good deal. No, no that's about I right. think there's one hundred and twenty five bucks a piece. Seems about right. Somebody, um, somebody, get a hold of Jay Whitaker. He can tell us all about the birds. Can we all do the fifth one together? Let's yes. do the fifth one together. Five golden rings. I was surprised. Only seven fifty. Seven fifty. They're definitely not Shane Company gold rings. No, they're they're shitty gold. They're rings. probably from like the Walmart. Fred Meyer jeweler. They're plated. 18 oh, they're probably plated. from Walmart. 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 Ten, ten carat plated. The, the quarter machines walking out of the grocery store. Well, that would be worth a dollar or dollar twenty-five. <laughs> I have to. I, we have to go back one really quick because I had to look up a calling bird, and it says it is widely accepted that the original gift was one of four collie birds, not four calling birds. Oh. The word collie means black as coal. Thus, English the gift language. on the fourth day would be none other than the common blackbird. Ooh. Well, then we're getting ripped off. That's actually really cool. That's uh, that's good to know. Five hundred ninety-nine. Did it come with a pie? Well, that is some. <laughs> no, that's the the plum song. Uh, six geese a laying. Six geese a laying. Three hundred and sixty bucks. So uh, geese are mean too. They're, oh, mean they're as fucking hell. assholes. You know, in 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 a lot of national parks, they actually cull geese. They pay hunters to just fucking kill all the geese that they can because they're so invasive. They're mean. Then they don't leave. That's a true story. I'm not take your sandwich and they're like no, that turkey true. on the campus in Wyoming. Did Rachel you see Lake. him that like chases after people? He has his own like his own Facebook. Yeah, this is a little different. They're not they're not I mean they're dicks, but basically they fuck up the ecosystem because well, they, so, they, so they don't leave. The la- there's a lady that I work with and they have little ponds in their homeowners association and they're by TJ Maxx, by a TJ Maxx. Mm. And they had a leak in their pond, and so they drained their pond, and they hadn't gathered the money to fix their pond. And so these geese were, like, wandering into TJ Maxx, and some lady tried to, like, sue them and make a big deal because their geese were – people are hitting the geese, and they're like, they're not our geese. Like, so they don't belong. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're a problem. So our biggest uh, our biggest cost on the whole damn thing is actually number seven, seven swans of swimming. Why the hell is it $13,000? For seven swans? I guess swans are expensive. Are they like swans are expensive. special Himalayan swans? If you buy them while they're ugly ducklings, are they, they less? swans in the Himalayans? I don't think they're they do. special if they do. <laughs> <laughs> 
What I don't okay, so what I don't get is the next one. The eight maids of milking is only fifty eight dollars. Well, if you take eight people at, at minimum seven wage. bucks an hour. Yeah, but what about the cows that they're milking? No, it doesn't well, say not cows. Say anything it about just the says cows. eight maids of milking. Yeah, they're yeah, just isn't pulling, maids of milking mean that they're milking? They're just um, pulling that, down. Can on we teats. go back one just yeah. really quick? Sure. To Pure, the swans? Yeah. Yep. Purelypoultry.com. A white <laughs> swan is thirteen hundred and thirty dollars. Holy shit. Just in case you want, if you want to a whopper a swan, swan four thousand six hundred. A whopper swan. Swans are mean that? bitches too, by the way. They're they're waterfowl. What is with all the birds assholes. in this song? Birds, birds are suck. creepy. Birds are the shittiest pets ever. Because when this song was written, that's what you would eat at Christmas: is re- swans and geese. Right. Eating. A lot of people eat turkey still, and I would Damn. like to see Ebo eat a chicken. Just saying, it's not pretty. I want to see it. Can you Facebook live? Creepy. No, uh, please don't. I think that the the, the animal rights people would come yeah, they after. They would probably me. fucking probably. go nuts. Uh, eight cool. maids of milking though, fifty eight bucks. Those bitches can. But I just I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like. But are they actually working? Milking. Or are they like? I feel like they're milking. I'll give them something to milk. It don't cost a dime. But you can't milk you. That's gross. Oh. That's all back to the socks and the hands. I got and nipples, porn Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> gross. <laughs> to milk the cat. It's I'm tiny just saying. Teats. You don't have to pay for the cows, just the maids. Just the maids. But just an I'm hour milking, of the milking. And milking means that they're milking. Yeah. So you have so, to have a cow. I think minimum that, wage. that amount is wrong. That's, okay. that's good. That's nice. And that's the cheapest thing on the, the whole I know, list. and I think it's wrong. I think that Maybe that just means that we're underpaying so our maids. Migrant workers. Nine ladies dancing. Are we talking like See, high some end? See, some ladies dancing. That's are we like Vegas dancing? Well, or are we like 70, cultural, look, like $7,500 for nine ladies dancing? That's Vegas. That, no, that's that's even higher than Vegas. That's high end hooker No, I think dancing. that's like, like ballet dancing. But I'm thinking that's like professional ballet. ballet. Like professional ballet, not even like Ballet West, like fucking like Tolstoy ballet. Yeah, like yeah. getting the Russian yeah, like ballet. Yeah, serious, serious ballet That's dancers. not what I meant to say. Definitely not exotic dancers, which is disappointing. Like a ballet west. Because I mean, honestly, what you could do is get the eight maids of milking and just get a ninth one and, and let then them have dance. them dance. And you only got to pay them like seventy five bucks. An hour. Does so it? it's just or like if double it's like that. a pole dancer. Yeah. So I don't think nine you ladies go to the dancing. Class I think that's and it's free. I've pole danced. Yeah, me too. It's nice. fun yeah. in Vegas, actually. Whoa. I haven't pole danced in Vegas. I've just pole danced here. Did but you make it was some money? Did you take your clothes off while you were doing it? Why would I tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take my clothes off while I was doing it, but I did get hit on by a very beautiful lesbian woman. Ten lords of leaping. Beautiful. Ten lords of leaping. Does that hey, go to is, the, like the ballet dancers? What the hell is that? I'm 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 guessing, but they get paid a lot less. I mean, maybe it's the dudes leaping after the eight maids. Vocal. I was just gonna. No, I think so what the, it is. The dancer is it's dudes, the, dan- the co-dancers to the ladies dancing. So the men's ballet troupe. The men, so. the men get paid shit then, because that's less. It's only fifty five hundred. Is it the only place on earth where the pay scale is tipped? Well, is it this though? Because lords leaping is that. Um, are you paying British lords to actually leap over something, and so you got to pay them? They a don't need to. Wage. Well, they just do it for free. Because this indicates it's going to cost you about uh, 550 bucks a piece. Bolshoi was what I meant to say. Ah, uh, there you go. So, so while you're looking stuff up, you should look up Lords Leaping and see I what am. the hell that's what all about. What the heck is a Lord A Lord A Leaping. Lords A Leaping. Eleven Pipers Piping. A Piper is down! Finally, finally we have something reasonable at 2700 But are we talking like a Piper that's carrying mice behind or like a Scottish no, Piper? No, a Scottish Piper, I'm sure. It not say a Pied Piper, it just says a Piper. I'm sure it's a Scottish Piper. 
It could be a dude smoking a fucking pipe on his porch as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I, that, that is true. Because he would be piper. piping. I, I would go. But I'm it, guessing a bagpiper. I would say a bagpiper. That's all, that could be cool. So $2,700 for 11 bagpipers. That seems reasonable. Yeah, that, that one's actually, yeah. And 12 drummers drumming. So clearly, uh, what I'm getting out of this is swans are really fucking expensive. Because 12 drummers drumming is about three grand. Uh, and... Ladies make a shit ton more dancing than men do leaping. But they don't make any money if they're milking. No. So yeah, don't it, go into the milking industry. Yeah. I found a little thing here that said... Um, and get your rings at Walmart. That talks about this, the meaning behind this whole song, which is from 1558 until 1829, Roman Catholics in England were not permitted to practice their faith openly. So someone during this era wrote this carol as a catechism for young Catholics. So it has two levels of meaning. So... Partridge in a pear tree was Jesus Christ. Two turtle doves. So Jesus were Christ is two hundred and nine dollars. Huh? Yep. <clears throat> Two turtle doves were the old and new testaments. Three French hens stood for faith, hope, and love. You're four calling birds funny. were the four gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke. So and back John. in back in these days, this shit was all free. Yeah. Because it's all just metaphor. The five gold rings recalled the Torah or law, the first five books of the Old Testament. Six geese of laying stood for the six days of creation. Seven swans of swimming represented the sevenfold gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, contribution, leadership, and mercy. Not the seven horsemen of the apocalypse? That would have been a that, whole That would have been way cooler. better. That's the way four better. horsemen. Four. <laughs> the eight maids of milking <laughs> were the eight beatitudes. The nine ladies dancing were the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. Ten lords of leaping were the ten commandments. Eleven pipers piping stood for the eleven faithful disciples. And the twelve drummers drummers symbolized the twelve points of belief in the Apostles' Creed. So it's all my fault. So, well, the Catholics are the the first fuck-ups. Um, not really. I'm sure it goes way back. So, uh, yeah. So your uh, your song about gifts has religious origins. So what that means? What a shocker! Damn near everything else. So so that comes to one hundred and fifty six thousand five hundred seven and eighty eight cents to buy the presents for every time they are repeated in the song. Oh yeah. So you know how you sing that. sing about the pear tree? You sing about that twelve times. Well, fuck the nine ladies dancing. That's an expensive one, and you sing that fucking four more times, four times total. That's <laughs> man. <laughs> Those maids milking Those maids, though. They're still on the short end. Of the stick. I still think even with how many times they repeat, they don't they don't even make one of the others above them. They don't even make as much as the four calling birds. Yeah, one. <laughs> one. See, I'm telling you, I think that these women are not paid enough. Well, they're not paid equally, clearly. But for those women that think equal pay for equal work, Ten Lords of Leaping, which is basically dancing as far as I'm concerned, they're making less than the, the, the ladies leaping or the ladies dancing. So I'm just saying. Equal rights women for equal pay. can make more money. If they well, dance. I don't think that Lords of Leaping are actually dancing. They're just leaping. <laughs> well, like, these ladies are dancing. Are they, like, track leaping, or are they, like, I'm stage thinking, leaping? I'm I kind of picture like them ballet doing... Leaping. Well, then it's like doing that ballet where they got the big sock yeah, but, shoved down their but, pants and but all they jumping have to across do, the stage. That. But they're not, like, on toe shoes That's or anything. The they're just there. leaping. That's we not very hard. We talked about the socks earlier. Don't worry about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, guys, that's that's gonna do us for, a lot of for this week. Uh, yeah, we've been talking about socks and all kinds socks of socks and things. porn. Uh, thanks again to our friends over at Geek Therapist for talking with us today. It was very enjoyable. You want to give the suicide uh, hotline number again? I do actually. I was going to do that. So, um, if you want to get a hold of us, if you have suggestions, comments, feedback, don't uh, call can, the suicide hotline. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, if you listen to the show and need to call that, we're sorry. Um, Anyway, you can get us on Facebook at the New Utah Podcast. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at TNU Podcast. Uh, no one else can, can control themselves right now. So, uh, you can also hit us up, uh, at, uh, our website. Um, Jess. The New Utah Podcast. The New Utah.wordpress.com. And, and actually, you should go there. Um, Jess has been doing some really cool stuff with the blog. She's been posting, uh, our questions, uh, or what would you do? The one thing you would ask, tell someone to do in Utah. Um, she's been posting that stuff up kind of separately. Um, it's really interesting to see them all and to see where things rank. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so you can check us out there. Um, subscribe, uh, share if you like what you hear. Share the podcast on your various social media. Share. Don't just like Don't us. Don't just like. Share. Share. Uh, leave any reviews that you want. It's that time of year. Or Stitcher. And uh, get out and donate. Do something charitable. Give socks uh, to Jess. Yeah. Go to go to a Southtown Auto Mile dealer Jess and ask for Jess. Socks. With a big old bag of socks. EW Southtown, particularly, please. And if they're used, it's okay. No, it's no. not. <laughs> New socks in the bag still. New, New socks. unused socks. Unused socks. To Jess at Southtown BW. Keep and, them there because uh, then they're then they're not just two socks, they're four socks. Yeah, on a serious note, um, there is help out there for you guys. If if you are uh feeling depressed, if you are, are feeling like things are caving in, uh there are people who care. Um just ask. Uh and if you don't want to ask those around you, feel free to call the number one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five for the suicide prevention hotline. Uh, someone there will, will get you help. Uh, someone there will, will, will just be a kind ear to listen to whatever it is that you have going on and, and help you, uh, get through it. Hopefully put it in a little bit of perspective. So, uh, that's it. Have a, uh, have a great week and we will talk to you before Christmas. And, uh, I don't think we're going to skip a beat here. So, nope. You can't stop the beat. <laughs> this is like our musical episode.